Open your Bible to any place, it's all good, okay. Um, you know, I want to say last week uh, I watched online uh, Suzanne's word, that was a great word, I appreciate that, that was a good cutting word. If you weren't here, you should listen to it, it was a great message. Um, today, um, I want us to, we're going to reach out into a series, and um, um, you know, I got to say, I want to, I want to mention this. This has been on my heart, so I'm just going to stick my neck out here. Is there anyone in the room that is wearing a lift on one of your shoes because one leg is shorter than the other? Um, the Lord spoke and said, mention it out. So if you're here and you may be embarrassed about it, don't be embarrassed because God wants to heal you, but... If you have a lift on one of your shoes and one leg is shorter than the other, would you stand or wave your hand? Okay. Really? Okay. <clears throat> um, you have a lift on, your, on one of your shoes? How much? Okay. You know what? The Lord put this on my heart, and, and you know, we're going to pray. And uh, we're going to pray God heals it right here, right now. And, um, and so if, if that's okay with you, would you step out in the aisle? And, and um, elders, come here. If you're an elder, come here. You know, the Lord put this on my heart, and I had no idea it was you, obviously. But um, this was yesterday. I was doing something completely unrelated. And the Lord said, there's going to be somebody in the service. And they have a lift on their shoe. And the Lord says, I'm going to heal it. And you're going to be able to take your shoes off. You can always do it right now. Let everyone know. But you're going to be able to take your shoes off today before you leave this building. And you're going to be able to feel the presence of God heal it and break it. Okay? Put your hands on it. Father, we thank you right here. We take the word of the Lord. We speak healing. Lord, I thank you that you use this to show your love. You heal people to show your love, not only to the person that's healed, but to the people around them. And Lord, I thank you for healing this. Leg, tendons, muscles, joints, and bones, arteries, capillaries, nerve endings, grow in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you for doing this, and we'll give you the praise and the glory. Give God a praise. <clears throat> thank you for letting us put us. Thank you for letting us put you on the spot. Now, before you leave the property today, you can go backstage and do it if you want. Take your shoes off. How many of you believe God's good? <clears throat> uh, matter of fact, I should say this: God will do anything you you're willing to ask Him to do. How many of you know Jesus said he'd bring healing through his church, his body, the body of Christ. He speaks healing to people. If you need a healing for something like, wait a minute, I, I'm going to do this. If you need a healing, stand up right now. Okay, if you believe God heals, now, don't you go do this if you don't believe. If you believe God heals, go lay hands on one of them. We're going to pray. Come on. Come on. If, if you're watching, if you're watching on the feed, listen, if you want, you, you receive this prayer right now. There, God, there's no distance between here and God. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We say to the infirmities, the disease, the physical problems, God so loved the world that he sent Jesus into the world to bring healing and deliverance from pain and suffering and physical malady. And Lord, we speak healing right now. We say to the spirit of infirmity, we address you, we confront you, and we order you. No, we're not asking. We are telling you in Jesus' name, get off, get out, leave these people alone in Jesus' name. Come on, give God a praise. <laughs> Woo. <clears throat> well, okay, here we go. Um, Go to, where am I going to have you? Go to 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 16. 
It's page uh, 620. Second Chronicles 16. Now, um, Second Chronicles 16, I don't want to read a verse to you, and I want you to listen to this verse because we're headed into a series. 16.9, it says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro, back and forth, throughout the whole earth, not just in specific locations. Now listen to what he says. To show himself strong in behalf of those whose heart, everybody say heart, heart is perfect towards him. Herein thou hast done foolishly, therefore henceforth thou shalt have wars. In other words, the Lord spoke clearly and he said, he sent his word to heal and to deliver. Now, God speaks that to us in every area of life, whether it's emotional, physical, spiritual, relational, whatever it is in life that's not moving the way God wants it to move in our life, it needs a healing. It could be a relationship. It could be a disciplinary matter in your own life, being able to get a hold of a disciplinary. It may be an eating problem. It may be a psychological problem. It may be a spiritual problem. Whatever it is, God has sent his word to heal and deliver, and that's what he said. And so he says, the eyes of the Lord are going back and forth throughout the earth, looking for somebody who's willing, look at me, willing to depend upon this. Right here, what does this word say? It's not what the world says. It's not what a doctor says. We love doctors. We love medicine. Thank God for it. But what does God say about what's going on in our life? And if what's going on in our life isn't in consistency with God's word, then it's not of God and it has to change if we're willing to stand on the word. Can I get an amen? just want to make sure you're all with me, okay? So quickly, go to Jeremiah 23, Jeremiah 23. And in this series today, we're going to launch into something that um, I believe can be life-changing for us all. Jeremiah 23, if you don't have a Bible with you, it'll be on the screen. And I want you to watch this set of verses. Now, these verses are, are, are tenuous at best, so watch what the Lord speaks to us and to, the, uh, to all of his people, verse 23. Am I a God at hand, says the Lord, and not a God far off? In other words, aren't I close and at a distance? Aren't I everywhere? Now watch what he says. Can any hide himself in a secret place that I shouldn't see him, says the Lord? Don't I feel heaven and earth, says the Lord? In other words, he says, I'm everywhere. Where are you going to go then I'm not there? Listen to what he says. I have heard what the prophets said that prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long shall this be in the heart of the prophets that prophesy lies? In other words, those who say, oh, you know, God doesn't heal everybody. Oh, God doesn't, God, God's not willing to move on everybody. Oh, no, no, that verse is for somebody else, not for me. We're talking in first person now because God's talking about you. Now listen to what he says, verse 27 which think to cause my people to forget my name, forget my name by their dreams, which they shall um, tell every man to his neighbor as their fathers have forgotten my name for Baal. In other words, he says, pe people look to the world as their source, false gods, false religions. And God says, am I a God far off? Aren't I close? How, how close can I be to you? How close will you let me become? Listen to what he says, verse 28. The prophet that has a dream, listen to what he's saying, let him tell a dream, and he that has my what? There it is. What is God's word? And what does God say about our situation in life? <clears throat> Excuse me. What does God say about what's going on in our world right now? So listen to what he says. Let him that speaks my, uh, my word faithfully. What is the chaff? To the wheat, says the Lord. In other words, are you just listening to the chaff, the husk, or are you getting fed? Listen carefully. 29. Is not my word, Scripture, like a fire, says the Lord, like a hammer that breaks the rocks in pieces? What is there that my word can't fix or change? It'll either hammer it into shape or it'll melt it down so it won't go into shape. God says, what are you going to do that I can't fix? 
And what can happen to you? And where can you be? And what can be going on in your life that I cannot, as your God, intervene? Those are strong words, aren't they? Listen, verse 30. Therefore, behold, I am against the prophet, those who speak religiously, says the Lord, that steal my word from everyone his neighbor. In other words, I'm against those who say, oh, that's okay. You know, God, God doesn't heal. God doesn't deliver. God doesn't set people free. And just go to church, be good boys and girls, read the Bible, and don't worry about it. Just let it happen in your life and let it go through in your life rather than fighting for what belongs to you and what Jesus died for. That side's awake. Okay. Do you realize what, what he's saying here? He's saying, oh, what is it that you need in life that you think God can't or won't do? And who told you he won't do it? Because whoever told you he won't do what needs to be done in your life is a liar. <laughs> I got a lot of blank stares right now. Okay. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things you can't see. Listen to what he's saying. We're going to be talking about that in this series. Verse 32. Behold, I'm against them that prophesy false dreams, says the Lord, that tell them and, their, uh, and cause my people to err by their lies and by their likeness. Go to verse 33. And when this prophet or the prophet or the priest shall ask thee, saying, What is God's burden? What is the burden of the Lord? Thou shalt then say unto them, what burden? I will even forsake you. Now listen to me, God has a burden. And its burden is for you, me, us. God has a burden. What's a burden? He has a desire. It's a heavy desire. Think about this now. If you put a pack on a mule, you put a burden. Or on a camel. And God says, it's a burden to me. Not a burden he can't carry. But God says, it's a burden to me when you suffer and you go through things needlessly without hope. God says, it's a burden to me. It bothers me that you don't know what I want to do for you and don't let me do it for you. God says, that bothers me. And I care about what's going on in your life. I care about the struggle you have with your children and the struggle you have with finding work and the struggle you have paying your rent or even finding a place you can rent. I care about what's going on in your life. But religion doesn't tell us that. Religion tells us, go to church, be good boys and girls, and somehow it'll all just work out. How many of you know it doesn't all just work out? You have to cooperate with God's Word and with God. Are you with me? Okay, hang on. Verse uh, 34. As for the prophet and for the priest and the people that shall say, The burden of the Lord, I will even punish that man in his house. Thus shall you say every man to his neighbor and every one to his brother. What hath the Lord answered? In other words, what's God saying? And what hath the Lord spoken? Look at me. This is his spoken word. It's as powerful as if he was standing right here in physical form quoting it. Some of you are getting it, some of you are not. In other words, this is you believe this is true? You believe it's powerful? Say amen. All right, here we go. Verse 35. Thus shall you say, everyone to his neighbor and everyone to his brother, what hath the Lord answered and what hath the Lord spoken? Verse 36. And the burden of the Lord shall you mention no more. God says, you don't, you don't use my word unless you use it in understanding that my word works everywhere. That I am not a capricious God who says to one, oh, you go through what you're going through, physical, another emotional, another financial, another relational. God doesn't say, well, here, I'm going to give you all this crud in your life because I'm going to teach you a lesson. Oh, I can hear some people going, excuse me, just a minute here. 
If you think for one moment God makes people sick or go without necessary needs or puts them in places that are harmful to them, it's very quiet. If God is a God of love, why would he put me in a ridiculous situation? He didn't. I did. Because I didn't comply in some way in my life with this. Does that make sense? In other words, his word is faithful and his word is true. Now, um, go, to, go to the Gospel of Mark. Go to the Gospel of Mark. How are we doing for time? Okay. Gospel of Mark. Um, go to chapter 4. I, I, I want you to see this. Mark chapter 4. Um, four verse, we're going to go to verse 21. Watch what he says. He says, um, and he said unto them, is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed and not to be set on a candlestick? He's talking about his word, light. For there is nothing hid that shall not be made manifest, neither shall anything be kept secret, but that it shall come forward. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. What's he saying? Verse 24, and he said unto them, take heed that you hear with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you. In other words, he says basically to the degree, look at me, to the degree that you listen to this is the degree I'm going to be able to move in your life. Wait a minute, I thought God could do anything he wants to do except override your will. God will not override your will. He will, he will not force you to do what you need to do, what I need to do. He will not make me do it. And then, well, then how am I, how's he going to get me to do what he is? He's going to let the consequences unfold. Are you with me so far? Okay, so, so we understand that it's about hearing. He says, those that hear my word. The word hearing means to be perceived to, to, to be consciously aware, to constantly and consciously be aware in any situation in life. What does God's word say about this? What does God want from me in this matter? It's interesting that you hear the word, he uses the word hear, he also uses the word listen. So in other words, we can hear something and actually not listen to it. Right? Okay. The word listen means pay attention to a sound and its content and meaning. How many people go to church, listen to the word, listen to a message, and go home and proceed as normal? If we go to church, myself included, and we leave the same as when we came in, you went to church, but you didn't hear from God. Are you with me? Okay. Okay. So, so uh, the word listen there means... Uh, uh, to pay attention to the sound and the content of the sound. What is God saying? There's a distinction between what God says and what we understand of what he means. And so there's, there's a thing called ambient sound. Ambient sound is, is how many Christians treat God's voice and when God's speaking to them. Ambient sound is when there's a sound that you shut out, that you hear. People do it all the time. They, it's, it's like background noise. There's background noise in the room right now that you're not listening to because your mind shut it out. When you, when you get into an elevator and if there's music in the elevator, seldom do people listen to the music in the elevator unless they know the song. Are you with me? Then they start going, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, was going to, I was going up the, the fourth floor, but I think I'll go to 12. <laughs> right? Because you hear something that resonates inside of you. And unfortunately, so many Christians put the voice of God on a religious pedestal. It's like that's for somebody else that's more spiritual than I am to listen to rather than being able to listen to the Ambient sound of God's voice. Because he doesn't scream and yell at us. What does it say in the word? A still, small voice. 
that it's to those who are listening. And God knows in the world that we're in right now, we need to hear some stuff. The church needs to hear from God. And so Ezekiel uh, 3.12 says this, Then the Spirit took me up, and I heard behind me, heard behind me a voice like a great rushing. Now that word heard there means intellectually perceived. In other words, I heard a voice, but then I heard what it meant. And I understood not only what it meant, but what I needed to do with it. When we come to church and we listen to a message and we listen to songs and we sing the word and we read our Bible and spend time, it's, it's what do we do with what we heard? Do we just hear it and go, ah, muy bien, Roberto, muy bien. Good word, good word. Good. What are you going to do with it? That's incumbent on me too. I can't get up here and teach the word nor any other shepherd get up and teach the word to you and go home and not do it. It's void. Does that make sense? Would you expect me to teach something and not do it? No. So we understand that um, the word behind there, a voice behind, is an interesting word because in the original text, it says there's a voice behind me, and the literal word means to loiter. In other words, God is loitering. He's just hanging out, waiting for somebody to listen. Because he's a patient God. He's so patient. I mean, you know, and so I, I could take that someplace, but I'm not going to. Um, so in other words, don't we don't we don't procrastinate on when God speaks to us and we hear a word, it's not background noise. And how many times do we probably all, myself included, hear God and we we treat it like ambient background noise? Rather than, God, what are you saying to me and what do you want? Because how many questions in life do we all go through and we don't get answers? And, and so it's in, in the book of Acts. Why did the Holy Ghost fell? Why was there a rushing mighty wind? To get everybody to listen. Everybody goes, well, there must have been some kind of supernatural spiritual thing with why there was a rushing mighty wind. No, God was just saying, folks, wake up. I'm about to do something. I'm sure Ryan and sound went, eh, when I whistled there. Okay, you understand that God is whistling, if I could say, at his church in America right now, and the world, by the way. And he's whistling. He's, he's, he's no longer whispering. He's whistling. He's calling out to his church to listen and uh, and, and, and God wants to do something, but are, are we listening and are we hearing what he wants to say? Well, I don't, I don't understand all this. Well, that's why we're in this series. Because we're going to learn to listen better. Now, now, one day Jesus was moving through a crowd. And as he's moving through a crowd, he felt somebody behind him. And uh, in the middle of the crowd, he, matter of fact, he had just healed the blind man. Remember the, the blind man that was healed at the pool of Siloam? Remember that? Remember the, the blind man? He, he <coughs> makes mud, puts it in his eyes, and then tells the blind guy, go to the pool of Siloam. He's blind. How's he going to find it? And I'm sure, I'm convinced, I can't prove it, but I'm convinced he turned to one of the disciples and said, you take it. You take it. And wh while you have him on the way, you remind him that I've healed him. And tell him, don't wipe that mud off and my spit off until he gets to the pool of Siloam. Yeah, your DNA, yeah, thank you. Okay, so, so th that guy's been healed. Now, there's another desperate situation. And I'm going to show you a video clip. It's just a short clip. And it's of another healing that followed the Pool of Siloam healing. And then we'll talk very briefly about it. Watch this.
What's going on? What's going on? Don't touch me. Everybody back. Back, back. I asked the question. Who touched me? Master, the crowds are pressing in all around you like this, and you're asking who touched you? They all have. Someone touched me. I felt that power went out of me. That's a woman with the issue of blood. Whoever touched me, come forward, teacher. It was me. Just the fringe of your garment, only the edge, I promise. You are not unclean. Why my garment? I'm sorry. I, I know I shouldn't have asked. But if, if you touched me, it would make you ritually unclean according to the law. I, I was sick. I was sick for 12 years. I bled and, and, and no one could stop it. But, but I believed if I could just touch a piece of your garment. And I was right. I was right. Thank you. Who told you I could heal? A man from the pool. And he was right. The blood is ceasing. My daughter. I'm no one's daughter anymore. Look up. Yes, you are. Daughter. It wasn't my piece of clothing that healed you. But it was instant. I felt it right away. I know. But it wasn't this. It was your faith. Teacher, she was bleeding so low, we can take her. She is clean. <laughs> you have blessed me today. And I know. My daughter, I know it has been a fight for you for so long. You must be exhausted. Go now in peace. Your faith has made you well. I wish I could stay here longer. But I have business to attend to. Someone else has faith like yours. I'm so glad that we found each other. The same thing is true of each one of us. And he cares. He cares deeply. And, and, and he's affected by what we go through and what we have to deal with. And her, her voice him didn't require the movement of oxygen and air um, it was it was her spirit it was her cry out to him that look Lord I, I, I don't know what else to do and and remember the guy standing there in the last bit of the clip that's the guy from the pool of Siloam the guy from the pool of Siloam told her and she said if I can just get a hold of the hem of his garment if I could just get a hold of him, if I could touch him. And to touch him is to touch his words. What has he said? What has he said about you? And what has he said about your situation and your circumstances? Seven times in the book of the Revelation, John records, he that has ears to hear, let him listen. Seven times 
He that has ears to what God has already said. But religion says, well, no, you don't pursue God if you need a healing or you need a house or you need a car or whatever the case is. Religion says, well, just don't, you know, God doesn't do that stuff. I'm sorry, I beg to differ with you. Now, I know that there's a group of Christians that have turned believing God can meet your needs according to his riches and glory into name it, claim it, blab it, and grab it. You can, you can say it out loud all you want, but if you don't believe it in your heart like she did, to understand that he really does care about what you're going through and to listen to his voice and to listen to what he's trying to say to you because God has a burden for a people, a people who will listen. Listen to his word and listen to the circumstances and listen to what God says. Psalm 78, 41 says, Yea, they turned back and they tempted and limited God. We limit God when we don't believe what his word says. We limit him when, when we look down and we say, Well, I, I don't know how I'm going to pay the rent. Or what am I going to do about my car that's broken down? Or how am I going to buy the groceries? Don't get me wrong. It's not that there's always going to be everything right. No, it's not that everything's going to be right. It's not that the car will never break down. It's not that there'll never be a need for rent money. It's not that there'll never be a need. It's that what we do with the need. Do we believe that he's our source? Do we believe that he's the one that will take care of us rather than whining and fussing and complaining and telling him, why didn't you do something about this? Do you understand that it's, it's about believing in faith and understanding that he really does care. He really does care. Now, we get ourselves into situations and circumstances that we cause. But listen, Psalms, I mean, Isaiah 30, 21. And thine ears shall hear behind thee, saying, this is the way, walk in it. This is the way, do this. Listen, listen to, the, listen to what God's trying to say to you in your circumstance. When you're in a need or, you know, well, what the deal is, what is the Father saying? What is his voice? Well, well, how do I know what God sounds like? He sounds just like you. He doesn't have a different voice. He just sounds like you, just deep down on the inside. Matthew 13, 15 says, For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing. They want everybody else to hear for them, but they don't want to hear for themselves and become accountable. The word dull there means uh, to have a burden. Do you remember that word burden we read earlier? God has a burden for a people. God has a burden for a people. He's carrying a burden for a people that will listen to him, particularly in the craziness of what's going on in our culture what they're trying to do to our children, what they're trying to do with our economy, what they're trying to do with our nation, what they're doing with morals and ethics and all the standards of life. God's looking in the middle of the craziness and the crowd and the people who listen. And not be afraid. But listen and obey. And do what God's telling them to do. The greatest gift that God can give us is the ability to hear his voice and know what he's trying to say to us. You know, it's, it's that still, small voice and how we can hear and many voices in the world. It says, Paul said in Corinthians, there's many voices in the world. Which, which one are we listening to? What are we listening to? And which one are we paying attention to in the process? Now, I'm going to do something real quick with you. And be good boys and girls. Do what I'm asking. That's okay. It's not illegal. It's not immoral. And it's not fattening. Okay. I'm going to have you, in just a second, close your eyes. Promise me you'll keep your eyes closed. Close your eyes, and I'm going to put a short, very short, 10-second video clip on the screen. And I want you to identify the voice. And then what we're going to do is we're going to learn how to listen and hear the voice and what the voice sounds like because it's a familiar voice. And most of you will know. Okay, so in just a second, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. Promise me you won't look. I'm going to play a 10-second video clip, and once you figure out who it is, you can look up. Okay, bow your heads. Play the clip.
if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land, we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Okay, how many figured it out? Okay, you did. Why? Because you know the voice. Okay. That's the second one, okay? Media, are you ready? Okay, bow your head, close your eyes. Go. It is that fundamental belief, I am my brother's keeper, I am my sister's keeper, that makes this country work. It's what allows us to pursue our individual dreams. Okay, who was that? That was Obama, you knew that voice. Because you know the voice. Okay. It's God's voice should be even more familiar than that to know what he sounds like. Now, well, how did you know? How did, let me ask you a question now. Well, the way you knew who it was, it was not just the inflection of the voice, but the content. And you understand that the, the God, God has given us... Uh, she listened, the, the lady with the issue of blood, she listened, she heard the voice. It was a sound that said something that was familiar to her and it resonated inside her spirit. And God's looking for a people today in a culture and a world that's spinning out of control. Instead of getting frustrated and saying out loud, all these crazy so-and-sos and these idiots that are doing this, and this, stop listening to the world. What's the Father saying? What is God saying? Because if we get the church, the body of Christ, moving in America, listening to the Spirit of God, we'll spin this thing on a dime. I'm telling you. I believe it. So hearing God is hearing by the content. You know what he's saying. Now listen, if I'd have said to you, if I'd have said to you, um, uh, that was the voice of Ronald Reagan, and, uh, but, Reagan, in what he said, in the content of what Reagan said, he would have said, I love communism and hate people. What would you have done? You'd have said, it sounds like, but I know the content is what confirms the sound. Are you with me? Okay. The second voice, President Obama you heard the voice, but the content. And so you have to understand that you go by the content of what you hear. And is it loving? Is it caring? Is it, is it uh, uh, giving guidance? Is it giving direction? Is it giving hope? Is it giving courage? Does it give you direction? Is it like the woman with the issue of blood? You just go where you got to go and do what you got to do. Get a hold of Jesus in any situation and grab his word. Those tassels, those coils. Remember she grabbed his tassels and his coil, uh, the, the coils? That was his, that was his talit. That was his prayer shawl. Every Hebrew male wore this garment around them and under their clothes in most cases. And on the garment, each one of these garments, there were 613 knots. Each knot represented the laws of God. And she reached out and she got a hold of the Word in the flesh. And it's the same thing with us today, that you understand that we have the Word, the words of life. And if all we do is we go to God and we say, God, you know what I need. Instead of taking what God has said about your need to him. Not to remind him, but to remind ourselves in his presence. Lord, I'm new to Atlanta. And I know you know I need that money. And I'm just here to say, you said you'd meet all my needs according to your riches and glory. I don't know where it's going to come from. I put my trust and my confidence in you. 
And I'm going to lean on you because there's no hope anyplace else I lean. And I'm going to get a hold of what your word says about my situation, whether it's rent, whether it's a physical need. That's exactly what Susan did when she, they gave her a, a cancer diagnosis. That's exactly what she did. I remember she came out of 12 and a half hours after the doctor gave me a prediction, 12 and a half hour surgery, such a long surgery that the surgeon had to call in a friend to help him finish the surgery. And then they gave me the notice at 12.30 at night that take her home, she'll be dead in 120 days. What she had done was she took a box of C's candy and she put it on her chest as they rolled her into surgery. And what did it say? Do you remember? Yeah, it was to the doctor. And, but God is her source. God is her healer. And so they take that into surgery. I regret never taking a picture of that because I watched them wheel her in with a box of C's candy. And then he comes out and he gives me the, um, gives me the, the, the word, you know, I'll give her 120 days. She won't make it to Christmas. And... Uh, she probably won't even be healed enough to go on a vacation for some time. Well, guess what? That was eight years ago. And two years after that, most of you know this. I'm sorry, I'm going to repeat it again. Two years after that, she bought a box of C's candy. We went to the doctor's office. We had made an appointment. The doctor walked into the room two years later, and she's smiling at him, and she hands him another box of C's candy. He looked like he'd been run over by a train, right? It's like, oh, oh. She says, I'm fine. I'm healed. I just want you to know. Now, that was eight years ago. Now, Here's how you go when it comes to believing God's word and what he says about you. Several months ago, she went in to the, to the doctor who worked with her at City of Hope. And he's the doctor that called and said, uh, I don't know what happened to the cancer. It's gone. And, of course, we had a revival, and that was eight years ago. Okay. And uh, in the process... So she gets a, a, a great idea one day, and uh, she takes a box of C's candy to um, to Dr. Baldwin, our primary healer, and um, she walks into his office, and she hands that to him, and I regret not taking a picture. But now, what happens is, several months ago, the doctor at City of Hope that pronounced her healing is not a believer. You get this not a believer, but he's going to see the living Word of God in action. He says to her in the last appointment, well, there's a spot on your kidney. And these are his words. Well, it's been a good ride. Because he doesn't believe in healing. And he doesn't believe in God. And so, she said, I don't believe it. I don't receive it. I know what God's word says. So she calls her other doctor, and she says, I need an appointment. They say there's something on my kidney, and I don't believe it. He goes in, scopes the kidney, and tells her, there's no cancer. Why? Now, now, now the reason I tell you that is because, because now... The doctor that said, well, this has been a good ride, he suddenly realizes God really does heal. And it's a testimony. It's not just about her healing. It's about the testimony to an unbelieving doctor that doesn't believe God can heal. Only doctors can heal and only medicine can heal. God heals and delivers people still today. Give him a praise. Now, he'll heal you too. He'll set you free. He'll meet your needs. 
Jesus stopped in his tracks and is right here in the room in the power of his spirit. What does the burden of the Lord say to you? That no matter what you're going through, he cares. He not only cares, he wants to come into your situation and walk you through it. Now, let me finish with this. That was a long journey to get to the point where there was a pronounced healing. I I did everything. I became her. I, I learned to make clean rules. I washed the clothes, cleaned the floor, changed the sheets. I did it all because she couldn't do it. She was so sick. The only thing she wouldn't let me do is cook for her because <laughs> um, she knew that the cancer wouldn't kill her, but my food probably would, okay? But in the process was a long journey. You may be in the middle of a long journey. I don't know that maybe today isn't the day that your journey ends. That if you have a need for supernatural intervention in your life, why would we send you out after this and not pray and agree with you? The Bible says if any two agree on any such thing, it might be. The Bible says if any two on any such thing, it will be done. What would you dare to trust the Lord for? What would you dare to believe him for? What would you dare to let him fix and heal in your life? I know you have places to go, and I, ha I know you have things to do. So I'll finish. I've got two minutes. If you're ready to trust God and say, I want to be like that woman. I want to get a hold of Jesus. And I want God to intervene in my life. Whether it's physical, it's emotional, it's spiritual, it's relational. If that's you, come put your clothes on down. Ryan, is it on? I'm on. Okay, just real quick. You know, the reason we want to lay hands on you is because the Bible talks about it. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I was telling Bob yesterday, I'm reading about the life of John G. Lake. He was a, um, a guy that prayed for healing in Africa, United States, turn of the 19th century. Um, and a guy had this huge... Like a, like a cancer thing on his face, a couple inches deep, long, really gnarly. And so John G. Lake prayed for him. He went home totally healed. But he got back to him two days later, and he said, hey, you put your hand on my face to pray for me? And he said, your handprint is on my face. It's like it was electricity going to this guy. It was like God downloaded on him. So when you get hands laid on you, it's like, it's like God really does move. He really does come through and do something. This poor guy, he had the, he had the wound healed. But he had John G. Lake's handprint on him. I, that is just amazing. But that's what God wants to do for you. And when we come by, it's like, listen, this is the power of God just coming onto you. And all you have to do is, like, receive it. Amen? Okay, now, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to dismiss the congregation in just a moment. And as we do, we're going to come by. We're going to pray for you. If, if we stay a short time or a long time, it's not, it's not us, Okay? It, God uses human vessels, okay? We're no less or more a vessel than you are. We're a vessel, you're a vessel. Something's going to come from us into you. It's not us. It is the presence of the person of the Holy Spirit. And yet, you don't have to wait to be healed or touched before we get to you. God is perfectly capable of just coming upon you right where you are. Put your hands out, palms up. Now, you've heard me say this over and over and over again. God, God's people always pray with their hands up, palms up, because they expect to receive. And so, Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning as our brothers and sisters are here and they stand in line, as we touch them, that Holy Spirit, you just come upon them right now. That you would awaken and stir your word and the words of Jesus inside their heart that they are worthy, that they didn't deserve, they, they didn't earn whatever it is in their life they need a touch from. 
that it's not theirs, that God's going to take it from them today. And they're going to be free, and they don't have to feel guilty or ashamed. But it's by your grace and by your love and by your mercy. As we touch them, come, please, Heavenly Father. Come, I entreat you in Jesus' name. By the power of your spirit and the power of your word. God bless you, church. We love you. Let's pray.
Just what the mercy of God can do. Now I'm alive to tell the story how I'm overcome. It's His goodness and mercy and the power of His blood. I'm so To be six feet beneath the earth Are all the things I've done, the things I've said Choices made 